This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard. But now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hello, everyone. It is Bryce and Ren here, co-founders of Equity Mates Media, and we're here to announce our IPO. That's right. Equity Mates' initial party offering is here. FinFest is coming. We're calling all bulls, bears, and party animals. The market's closed, the bar is open, and we're trading ideas at Australia's biggest investing festival. With expert speakers, special guests, DJs, and booze, it's an inspiring and empowering event for investors of any level of experience. So save the date, 15th of October, 2022. Head to equitymates.com slash FinFest to register your interest today. Equitymates FinFest is powered by Stake. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be with you for another Monday episode. We've got a lot to talk about. We've got so much to talk about that we've got another podcast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tell me more. Oh, uh, well, I'm straight into housekeeping. That's so much we've got to talk about. But uh, the eighth podcast from the Equity Mates Media Stable. I don't know if that's what we're calling it. Our latest podcast, The Dive, is uh, the feed is live, the trailer's out. Uh, the first episode will be dropping in a couple of weeks. But there's so much news out there. It's so hard to keep up to date with everything, put it in its bigger context. And so we figured, why don't we have a crack at doing it? I must uh, caveat that it's not just news, it's business news. Yeah, we're not going into politics. We felt that for a while, uh, business news has often been considered boring and uninspiring. And our new show, The Dive, is going to be taking one important news piece from around the world, business news piece from around the world, and we're going to be taking a deep dive on that to help you become a better investor and to show you the excitement that business news can be. So So subscribe now. We're launching in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Also, if you haven't signed up for FinFest, uh, go sign up, equitymates.com slash FinFest. It is a event that you will not want to miss. People will be talking about it for years to come. You could have been there. 
Yeah, well, you can be there. Uh, tickets will be going on sale very soon. So uh, register now so that we can send you all the information. There's going to be DJs, there's going to be bars, there's going to be experts from all around the country helping you become a better investor. It's not going to be all finance. There's going to be other forms of entertainment. It is going to be a festival. It's uh, really exciting. We're pumped. So make sure you give uh, register your details so we can keep you up to date. But Bryce, uh, a lot to talk about today. We're going to talk about uh, one of the companies that you and I disagree on the most. Uh, we've got some surprising housing data and it tells us uh, something about investing in megatrends. Berkshire finally bought something. Uh, we're going to talk about brain chips and then we're going to close out with Morningstar's top stocks and what we think about those. A lot to cover. Let's get into it. But I want to start with an acknowledgement. Okay. And an acknowledgement around a CEO that we disagree on and a company that we disagree on, and that's Meta, aka Facebook. You think it's going to be a billion, a trillion dollar company again? Yeah. Well, or two trillion? The, the bet was that I think it has more of a chance than hitting a trillion than not. <laughs> yeah. Okay, <keep going>. Sure. <laughs> um, and I have been a little bit off the company, but I want to recommend a piece of content, a non-equity mates piece of content. Mark Zuckerberg was recently interviewed on the Lex Friedman podcast. Uh, it's about two hours long and it's a very interesting conversation about uh, some of the discussions they're having around the metaverse, the technology they're developing. About an hour of the conversation is Zuckerberg uh, not recognizing the impact that Facebook and Instagram have on you know, political interference, misinformation, health yeah, misinformation, well, mental health, all that stuff. But the metaverse stuff is really interesting um, and some of the technology they're developing. Apparently, all their meetings are already in the metaverse. They're developing like all this stuff to like track your eyes. So like if we're in the metaverse looking at each other, the our eyes will actually like move. Uh, and then like haptic gloves so you can feel things yeah, in the metaverse. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. So it's pretty interesting, yeah. Okay, so that's what. What's the podcast called? Just Lex Friedman. Lex Friedman, yeah, yeah. And for those that aren't aware, he's a Russian computer scientist. Russian he? computer scientist, AI researcher. Um, Russian yeah. American, I think. Yeah, Russian American. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, really, really smart guy. Um, if you think our housekeeping is too long, you can skip about ten minutes into his podcast, and you'll just get to the end of the ads. But um, uh, yeah, it, it's worth listening to if you. Uh, bullish on meta like Bryce or you're a little bit wary like me uh, either way um, you know whatever you think of Zuckerberg he built an incredible company and he's looking to do a hard right pivot and try and build something pretty new um, and so it's fascinating to watch and, mm. yeah so house price data Ren some, some, some surprising data coming out yeah well the the fact that house prices are incredibly hot isn't surprising. No. And to put it in context, in the US in 2021, house prices were up 19% and uh, they are expected to rise 16% in 2022. So far, no one's surprised. But I think what is surprising or what is notable is that the three major uh, house listing websites the in the states in the states the realestate.com.au or domain um, equivalents if you're listening here in Australia Zillow Redfin and Opendoor you'd think that they would be correlated to house prices and as house prices as the housing market is hot as there's so much activity going on in the housing market you'd think they would benefit 
But in 2021, when the housing market was up 19%, Zillow was down 54%, Redfin was down 44%, and Open Door was down 36%. Where does that fall with the market? Yeah, well, that's the thing. They're unprofitable growth stocks, yeah. a lot of them. I actually, yeah. And Zillow had its own issue with like they were trying to flip houses, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but for me, it was just those two numbers put side by side is a reminder that investing in megatrends, investing in thematics isn't always a guarantee of success because Mm. if you were like, I'm going to invest in the US housing is hot and supply is constrained megatrend. Picks and shovels. um, Yeah, these three companies would have been the some of the biggest holdings in that ETF mm. and they're all meaningfully down. They're all down by over a third. Again, this just calls a screaming for someone to come out with a residential REIT both here in a, in Australia and the States. Yeah, we often talk about that, that that would be a good way for us to get exposure to mm. residential house prices. What it would also do is put more buying pressure on house prices. Look, if I'm in it one way or the other. True, true. Well, I mean, or you could say that, I mean, the brick X's of the world would say, we've already solved this problem. You don't need it to be fractionalized through an ETF. It can be fractionalized through our like brick X platform. Mm. I don't know. Something- I actually met someone that used brick X the other day and it's it's panned out. Has He's, it? Yeah, more than doubled his money. Wow. Yeah. But anyway, uh, BrickX, for those listening overseas, is uh, a an investment app here in Australia that allows you to by portions it's of like, yeah, residential property. Fractionalized property ownership. Yeah. 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 So some of the crazy data from the US going back to their housing market, uh, the median homeowner made more from their property increases than the median salary. That's a confusing way of phrasing it, but the median house price increase was $52,000 and the median salary so, so, is yeah. 50000 Yeah, gotcha. You're saying they made more than they were paid. Yeah. 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 <laughs> wow. Yeah. And in some, in some parts of the country, that just blows out. In San Diego, the median house price increase, one hundred and sixty grand. The median salary, fifty five grand. Wow. Just like property around the world is, is hot. I think Sydney's now the second most expensive city in the world. Really? For property, yeah. I had um, a very demoralizing call with a mortgage broker. Yeah. Still so far away. Yeah, so far away. <laughs> anyway, speaking of um, speaking of buying things. We might not be able to buy things, but the next people we're going to talk about can buy a lot of things. And that is Mr. Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway, who has finally bought something when we have uh, – he, he, he released his shareholder letter uh, about a month ago. We did speak about it on the Get Started Investing podcast. We unpacked it. So if you want to go and check that out, um, make sure you do. Uh, but he revealed that he was sitting on close to $140 billion in cash or at least $140 billion, 144 or something like that, 160 whatever, <laughs> a lot in cash on the sidelines because he felt that there wasn't really – any good uh, opportunities presenting themselves. And we know that he is an investor that is incredibly patient and will sit on cash until that opportunity comes. Now he- Hold on, hold on. Before you keep going, law of large numbers, 140 billion, over 140 billion. What does that mean? Let me put it in context. PayPal has a market cap of 134 billion. Deere, like John Deere, market cap of 132 billion. Lockheed Martin has a market cap of 121 billion. Caterpillar, like the- heavy yeah, yeah. construction equipment has a market cap of 119 billion. 
So just to put that number in context. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think he also said that he generally likes to sit more around the $30 billion range uh, cash on hand. So he's well above what he's- ca- And $30 billion about the market cap of Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah. Wow. Um, however, news has surfaced that he has finally bought something and it is in his circle of competence because he's bought a, <laughs> he's bought another insurance company called now I'm uh, apologies to Americans but it's Allegheny Allegheny I, so. I, I don't I'm know I've only seen it written I don't know anyway he's bought an insurance company for a meagre 11.6 billion is that all full cash yeah so the guy loves insurance loves insurance <laughs> loves it for yeah. good reason for good reason it is his biggest deal since 2016 i think it's their first full acquisition since 2016 yeah right yeah. okay so like buy the whole company rather than invest in part of a company yeah. yeah the last time they did a full deal was uh precision cast parts again he loves that always talking about it 37 billion 37 billion yeah, yeah. so not a massive acquisition in the grand scheme of things for berkshire but he does like insurance companies because of the float or the the money that comes in from the premiums that allows him to then reinvest that into his cash pile. Stocks, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, now, we talk about really knowing a company and doing due diligence on a company, really watching them and taking your time. Well, this is the quintessential example of due diligence. Buffett was quoted as saying, Berkshire will be the perfect permanent home for Allahaney, a company that I have closely observed for 60 years. <laughs> now, if you're not doing that level of due diligence, Bryce, you're not at Buffett's standard. Unbelievable. No, knows <laughs> He's the almost at intergenerational due diligence level. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. But- you know, you, you know Allahaney is old because their New York Stock Exchange ticker is just Y. Wow. Just one letter. <laughs> you don't see that these respect, days. Respect, respect. <laughs> so, look, he, he does still have $135 billion left in the bank um, and we keep saying that with such market volatility, uh, you know, there could be another deal around the corner. He hasn't said anything of the like. All right, I'm going to play a quick fire game with you. This okay. or that, which would you rather Buffett acquiring addition? You're Warren Buffett. You got your cash pile. Twitter or Spotify? Spotify. Uh, Peloton or Zillow? Zillow. Robinhood or Roku? Roku. Uh, Affirm or Zip? Affirm. (laughs) Sorry, Zip. Well, what if I told you, Bryce, that if you were Warren Buffett, you could have bought all of those eight companies and still had money left over? (laughs) I would believe you. (laughs) Still have $11 left in the bank. Wow. Twitter, Spotify, Peloton, Zillow, Robinhood, Roku, Affirm, Zip. Some of the the biggest companies hit by... um, well, like the biggest losers from this yeah, recent tech yeah. sell-off, he could just start cleaning them up. Spotify, I'd love to see Buffett own. I don't reckon he listens to a lot of music on his phone. No. <laughs> just goes to show the power that some of these massive asset managers have as well. Oak Tree, I think, has about 166 billion. 66 billion. Yeah. You know, that like these guys could just go to town on some of these. Well, but, um, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's it's interesting. But but anyway, nonetheless, 60 years of due diligence on a company that is really in line with his thesis of uh, making sure you invest in what you know yeah. and waiting for the right opportunity. Yeah. 
He waited 60 years. Nice, nice one, Buffett. Good to see. All right, well, we're going to take a very short break. And after this, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive, shallow dive, I should say, into Neuralink and brain chip technologies, which was a request from one of our listeners. And uh, then we're going to have a look at some of the global best ideas from Morningstar uh, for March 2022. So let's take a quick break and hear from our sponsors. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Ren. Well, we've had a request from Jesse via email uh, to have a bit of a dive into what's going on in Neuralink and Brainship, and this is quite timely for us given that we have done a bit of research. Yeah, so we, as we said at the top of the show, we're launching our news podcast, not quite daily news, three times a week uh, news podcast, and we've been practicing here um, internally at Equity Mates, and we did a practice episode on Neuralink and brain chip technologies. So we've got a bunch of information. So timely request, Jesse. So we figured we'd have a chat about it. Not a full industry deep dive because the investable opportunity set isn't quite there yet. But hey, maybe it will be in the future. That's it. Elon Musk's Neuralink remains the most well-known startup in this space. He's been pretty public about trying to put chips in our brains. Yeah. It's such an aggressive thing to say. I know. Um, so the Neuralink was founded in 2016 and they've been quite successful and we'll talk about some of the milestones that they've hit. But I think the important place to start is it's not just Elon. There's a number of other startups in this space working to build a brain-computer interface or put a chip in your brain. Yeah. Hit me with some of those names, Bryce. Uh, names that you would probably be very familiar with. <laughs> Synchron, a New York-based company. Um, they, they have received permission from the US Food and Drug Administration last year to start testing in tests in skull-implanted devices on humans. It does sound quite intense, doesn't it? <laughs> Paradromics, they're introducing tiny electrodes into the human brain with people with disabilities that impede communication and movement. Uh, the originally titled Brain Co, classic, there's always one <laughs> company that emerged from Harvard Innovation Lab and they develop a wireless headband that can measure brain activity. 
and then Emotive, who, like BrainCo, develop wearable neuro headsets. So um, the final one, Ren, is Kernel. Well, the final one that we've got listed, but yeah. there's a bunch of others, Mind Maze, NeuroSky, NeuroPro, Neurable. <laughs> Um, I think the important thing to note, though, is that there's two distinct versions of this work. One is the invasive put in the something brain, in, in the your skull. brain, yeah. you know, like Elon Musk's Neuralink, and then the non-invasive, which we have titled accessories, things like headbands and headsets that won't require surgery or a chip in the skull. They're the majority at the moment. That's where a lot of the research is focused. The invasive stuff is pr- a little bit more fringe. but you know, it's it's progressing, I think, is the important point. So the important question, why? Mm. Why are we pursuing this? Aren't our brains enough as it is until we really need a computer chip in there? Well, Ren, there are two reasons. The first uh, is that it will help disabled people gain or regain their ability to move or communicate, mm. um, which amazing. And I think, you know, that that's really where this use case is super exciting and one of the examples we found when we were researching for this daily episode uh, use blindness as an example and there's three approaches that they spoke about there's an accommodative approach which would be what we do now you know um, train guide dogs um, help help people move through the world as someone who's blind and then there's a biological approach and there's a bunch of research going on about you know regrowing parts of the eye regrowing the retina and stuff like that and Mm. so that's um how do you work on the like a bio biological approach to this disability and then the third one which elon musk is a big proponent of is a i guess like an artificial approach and that's where a brain computer interface would get the visual data uh to the right part of the brain via a computer or a computer chip, basically bypassing the eyes. Mm. And so that was an example we read about that we thought sort of exemplified the different approaches and where Elon thinks he can make a difference. Yeah, well, then the second reason is to keep up with AI. Now, this might sound a bit weird, but the biggest point of friction in our engagement with technology is... Our fingers. <laughs> All bit, right, explain that to me. Well, interaction between our brains and our computers is limited by how fast we can type, scroll, punch the keyboard. We've still got to. We're limited by that. Yeah. And for someone who can't touch type as fast as you, Ren, it's a it's an issue. Yeah. Our brain is a supercomputer. Our phone is a supercomputer, and the only thing that slows those two supercomputers just interacting at incredible speeds is our fat. <laughs> fingers <laughs> yeah our parents who are still tight with one finger so imagine if you could perform google searches essentially control your technology through thought yeah. um the speed of that is just going to be exponential and i think the flow and effects from that is obviously increasing humanity's intelligence now it is a bit of a stretch but that's an awesome capability to think about and and people might say intelligence is the wrong word because intelligence is you know so many different things but the some of the key building blocks of intelligence you could definitely improve for example memory imagine if you could augment your memory with a computer like storage you connected to the cloud like you didn't forget anything <laughs> overwhelming <laughs> and then just like access to information and you know these like key building blocks of um of intelligence start to just 
becomes supercharged. Yeah, it's weird. The idea of intelligence kind of changes. I think it becomes yeah. more about creativity. Yeah, exactly. And it's like about what, how you use what all this you use with the information. Yeah. If everyone has access to the same level of information, Look, I mean, there's a but, really but anyway. u- there's a really utopian vision where it's like just beautiful, and then there's so many dystopian <laughs> yeah, yeah, versions yeah. of this future. <laughs> well, Ren, that brings uh, that brings me to a question: uh, Will I have a computer chip in my brain? Yeah. So this is where we. We can start to talk about what we've seen in terms of progress and it has been moving in one direction in 2020 a brain chip was successfully inserted into a pig in 2021 a brain chip was successfully inserted into a monkey and then the researchers taught that monkey to play video games and you can jump on youtube and watch it play jeez now 2022 we have multiple startups progressing to human trials so crazy that that's where we're at. Like people this year will have computer chips in their brain. Uh, Neuralink, Elon Musk's company, uh, put a job ad up in January of this year to hire a clinical trial director. Um, and another startup, Synchron, oh, they they've actually started human trials last year, including a four person trial in Australia. Separate to these trials, December twenty twenty one, and uh, again in Australia, a paralyzed man sent out the first ever direct thought tweet uh, after having a computer chip implanted in his brain. Wow. So like- It's an- happening. I don't know if we can right now answer the question, will you? But will someone? The answer is yes. It's happening. Well, with all things that really push push the boundaries and, and uh, progress quickly, where where's government regulation at with this stuff? Because- yes. So unsurprisingly, governments have been – this is kind of heavy actually. There's, unsurprisingly, governments have been, one, slow to respond, and two, looking for military applications. <laughs> Um, But Chile uh, was the first country to pass legislation regulating the use of neurotechnology. In September last year, they passed a neuro rights law aiming to protect mental privacy, free will of thought, and personal identity. Just thinking about why they have to pass that law to protect free will of thought. Mm. So that's Chile. In the US and China, rather than regulating it, they're more looking at how they can fund research into u- into military uses. <laughs> so US uh, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency, DARPA, the um, organization that also brought us the internet, in 2018, they funded six separate highly ambitious brain-computer interface research projects. And in China, the government launched the China Brain Project in 2016, a 15-year scheme intended to bring China level with and eventually ahead of the US and EU in neuroscience research. And so I think that captured some of these things. Even Australia's getting in on the act. Yeah, We're not going to be left behind. The Department of Defense uh, down under here is funding a $1.2 million research project for a vehicle that could be controlled via brainwaves. Wow. So... It feels like things are moving in one direction. There are so many questions. My biggest question becomes around cost and inequality because if it is the case that these brain chips allow us to keep up with artificial intelligence but they become really expensive to have the surgery and there's a limited supply, that inequality starts to become really stark because the people that can afford it are supercomputers and the rest of us 
who can't afford a house, let alone a chip in our brain are left behind. Look, that that is just a snippet of the work we did for the daily episode. But Jesse, yeah, request came in at the right time. If we start, if we finish where we started with Bryce asking if is he going to get a chip in his brain, I mean, chances P- are probably possi- possible you'll have that choice at some point. Hopefully, would you do it? No idea. I, I, I too early. I think to your point, I can see real positives, but if it some real negatives with it as well. Like, yeah, this is unrelated. I a thought starters article a while ago. Um, there was a, like a startup that did. I don't, it wasn't brain chips, but some other medical device that was implanted, and then the startup went out of business, and all of the support for this device then went with it. Right. And so that would be my biggest risk. Like yeah, I wouldn't yeah, yeah. want a brain chip startup putting yeah, something in my yeah. brain because oh, sorry. that support needs to be there for life. Yeah. And like maintenance needs to be there for life. <laughs> yeah. There's no yeah, it's this has got gotta be something that's very, very well established. Yeah, proven. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all those ones. Anyway, make sure you check out the dive. Subscribe now. We will be going live and we'll be unpacking more really interesting business stories such as that one. So hit it up. It'll be in your podcast app now. All right, Ren, well, to close out, we noticed that Morningstar's global best ideas for March 2022 have come in, a list of 77 stocks, and there were 13 Aussie stocks on that list. So we're just going to quickly go through a couple of the stocks. Yeah, but it was an interesting list. Yeah, yeah. Well, I first, first, let's just quickly take a look at how they build the list. They obviously have a bias towards valuation. They have a Morningstar rating, which is a rating out of five, and it is the rating based on valuation. So five stars being the stock is significantly undervalued and one star being it is overvalued. They do talk about economic moats. They range that from this company has no moat, a narrow moat, or a wide moat. They then throw in an uncertainty rating, which is about how confident the analysts are in their valuation rating, high being they're not confident given the underlying business. And then they also have a price to fair value number as well. So for me, if I were looking at stocks, I'd be looking at you know stocks that are three to five star in valuation, definitely have a moat. I don't want a company that has no moat and uh, a low uncertainty rating. <laughs> Yeah. And less than one for a price to fair value. That's what I would be looking at. But um I would also those just, were few and far between. Yeah. I would also just be taking anyone else's work with a grain of salt. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So should we rip through some of the thirteen Australian <laughs> stocks? Yeah, well there were some in there that were surprising. So twelve month price performance for some of these stocks has not been great. A two milk down thirty six percent. Yeah. AGL energy. Down 30%. Down 30%. Yeah. AGL being Australia's biggest coal-fired power operator. Not exactly not exactly a um, hot stock, if you will. Kogan down 57% this year. Magellan down 67%. Southern Cross Media down 19%. So there's a few stocks, there's a few unloved stocks that obviously valuations um, for Morningstar analysts are starting to look good. But, you know, companies that probably aren't aren't spoken with love in financial media at the moment. Yeah, the reason that these have come onto the list, my guess anyway, is that 
they're trading at a price that Morningstar analysts believe is now at a significant discount to what they see as fair value. Yeah. Uh, with a lot of them, though, there is a high level of uncertainty because whatever environment the business is operating in, there are more factors that go into it from an investment point of view than just the price. Yeah. So let's give let's give everyone the full 13 stocks if yep. they want to do their own research, add them to their watch list. Obviously, we've caveated them very strongly with what we just said before. So Morningstar's 13 Australian stocks, A2 Milk, AGL Energy, Horizon, Brambles, G8 Education, Invocare, Kogan.com, Lendlease, Magellan Financial, Southern Cross Media, Westpac, Woodside, WiseTech. Nice. Only three of those stocks up in the past 12 months? Three up, 13 Aussie out of a list of 77 on their global list. Yeah. Any kind of key takeaways from you, Ren, on that? Yeah, so I looking at the full list of 77, I was surprised to see only one of the trillion-dollar tech titans, which is what I'm labelling them now. Yeah. Can you guess it? Which one? Uh, well, you can probably actually just read it. Amazon. Yeah. I know. I've looked at the list. Yeah, so Amazon was the only one there um, in their best ideas list. Westpac, the only of Australia's big four banks. 23 of the 77 Morningstar rated as wide moats, meaning more than two-thirds of their best ideas for March they don't think have wide moats, which surprised me. Yeah. I mean, it's an interesting list. It's a it's an interesting list to start your your own research, but for me, a list like that is very much the start of the process, not the end of the process. That's exactly my takeaway. I think um, that it's easy to see the headlines best global ideas for 2022, get a list of 77 stocks and browse down and see names that you know, see that it's got a five-star and away we go. But um, there's so much more that goes into this process. So I think just like a a general warning for uh, the equity mates community that if you do have these sorts of things, it is a great idea generator, but please uh, have a look under the hood. The one thing I will give Morningstar credit for is that they – say when they take things off the list yeah because every investment bank seems to now publish the clickbait x broker or x investment banks best stocks for insert year here you know bell potter's top 10 stocks for 2022 macquarie's 50 stocks for 2021 you know whatever it is but they never tell you when they're selling they never they never update you on the list and you know they never say, oh, well, three of those are definitely not on the list anymore because things have changed. So the one thing that I think Morningstar, the way that Morningstar do it is better is they will say when they've removed something from the list as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's worth checking out. They do give a couple of paragraphs on each of the stocks. Like the Kogan one, they start by saying shares in no moat Kogan. No, no moat Kogan, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think that was pretty funny. But um, they, they, they definitely do spell out what they think is fair value and some of the reasons as to why. So if you want to have a, uh, a look at that, you do have to be a premium member, unfortunately. But I think my key takeaway, this is not gospel use it as an idea generator, as they've called it, equity um, best ideas. Well, I mean, if people from Morningstar are listening and they are really confident in this, maybe they could track the performance of their best ideas and put that at the top or something. So we could see over the past 12 months, an index of their best ideas has returned 
Yeah, you know what? I have a feeling they actually might do that. Oh, really? They, they well, might do that somewhere. So before you come at us, Morningstar, <laughs> before you come at us, um, we'll take that as a note to double check uh, before coming in next Morningstar time. do have an ATF, yeah, but it's got- a, uh, it's a wi- it's their Morningstar wide moat wide ATF, moat, so it's a bit yeah. different to their best ideas. Yeah. Um, it is a, it's a cool concept for an ATF, but again, it's like you just have to you have to be confident in um, their analysis of moats. But if you are, an ATF of wide moat companies is an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we uh, that's a wrap, Ren. We've made it uh, to the end of this week's episode. Make sure two things that you could do for us. Actually, three things that would be really, really helpful. Firstly, FinFest, uh, register. So equitymates.com slash FinFest. Secondly, the dive uh, Equity Mates Media's newest podcast launching soon that's going to give you one great business story each episode. And then thirdly, please, if you could rate and review uh, this podcast or any of the other podcasts in the Equity Mates Media Network that you listen to, that would be greatly appreciated. It certainly goes a long way to helping us get in front of new investors and people to join the Equity Mates community. Thank you for your support as always. Next week, we actually have a, a different Monday episode coming up where we're going to be going deep on uh, all things Web3 with, yeah. with uh, an expert that um, really is it deep in the game. It's not often a guest makes me feel old, <laughs> yes. but God, I felt old. <laughs> yeah, felt, felt old, felt excited. So stick around uh, to tune in next Monday where we chat to a guy who is investing in Web3 Metaverse. So, Ren, always uh, great to chat stocks and we'll pick it up next week. Sounds good. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Mates Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 